at Jared. We know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hey, Skull King Nation. Welcome back to another Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude, and I am your host today. And today we want to play a, a special interview that I did as part of our uh, Inside Analysis series. Uh, we talk, uh, in this episode, I talk with uh, Paul Keels, the voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, to talk about uh, uh, a couple of very special players. Uh, first off, we, we get into a little bit of uh, Curtis Samuel, who played mainly running back for, for the Buckeyes, and who many believe are gonna be, is going to be re- converted into a wide receiver uh, at the pro level. And we also get a little bit into Noah Brown, who had um, kind of an up and down season. There was a lot of uh, fanfare about him due to his size and then ended up missing an entire year and then just wasn't really all that utilized this last year. So um, we, Paul and I have a, an interesting conversation. And I, I hope you guys enjoy it again. This is my conversation with Paul Keels, the voice of Ohio State Buckeyes football. Hey, Skull King Nation, we are back with another Inside Analysis interview, and today I'm really excited to, uh, to bring on this next guest. Um, we, are, we are talking uh, with the voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Mr. Paul Keels. Paul, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining our show today. My pleasure. Glad to do it, Ryan. All right. Well, we've got a couple of guys that we want to talk about. I know that there's a, you know, Ohio State has such a, a, a huge program and such a prestigious program. But, uh, you know, being a, a fantasy football website, we wanted to get into a couple of the wide receivers. So why don't we go ahead and start, uh, and, and if you could give us just a little bit of a background maybe of, of this season and maybe a little bit of the career of, of Curtis Samuel for us. Well, Curtis Samuel was a guy that really had to kind of wait his turn uh, until last year uh, because there's been so much talent. Uh, with the running back position when you consider guys like Carlos Hyde and Ezekiel Elliott and what they were able to do and, and some of the other uh, key components, not only at quarterback but at receiver, he, he was really overshadowed until this year. Uh, so it was really kind of a breakout year, both uh, in his ability to run the football and his ability to catch the football and, and really became kind of a key player when Ohio State at times had difficulty with the downfield pass. So he really proved to be an all-purpose back, uh, just being able to, to carry the load and do everything that was asked of him by the coaching staff. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he, he had you know, an amazing year, not only running the ball, but also receiving the ball. I know that in a lot of circles, uh, it looks like he's, uh, he's probably going to be coming out as a wide receiver just with his size. Uh, 5'11", 196 pounds. Um, he reminds me a lot on his tape just with his ability to not only run the ball, but also, you know, his ability to catch the ball with that fourth with that four three forty speed. He reminds me a lot of a of a Percy Harvin type, I guess you could say. 
Um, well, you know, I think he's probably one of those guys that when you watch from the press box at a distance that we do, it's, it's probably a little bit of deceptive speed. Uh, think back to the game against Michigan where he scored the game-winning play in overtime where he yeah. swept around the left end and, and just really was able to separate and get away. And, and he's one of those guys that, you know, outside of a stopwatch, maybe on the hoof when you watch him, you wouldn't think him as a burner. But, but he's, he seems to just have an ability to find the right zone uh, to find the right lane and, and and be able to get away when he has to. Yeah, in in terms of his running, he he seemed to be pretty patient in terms of finding his holes. And then when he found, you know, when that hole came, he has this explosiveness to be able to to be able to get through there and not only you know avoid contact from from say some big uh, you know from like the the linemen and the linebackers, but then once he got past them, uh, the DBs couldn't catch up. So yeah, again, that deceptive speed. Yeah, and very decisive, you know, not a lot of uh, east and west, very much north and south. Uh, but the other thing that, that maybe needs to be pointed out about what Curtis did this year, too, was uh, his pass protection and his blocking. And, and that was really a standard that was set by Ezekiel Elliott. And Urban Meyer and his coaching staff on the offensive side had really emphasized that whoever was going to get the opportunity to run the ball and then play either at tailback or at H-back, they were going to have to really assert themselves with their pass protection skills. And, and I know they were very thrilled with how Curtis Samuel had developed in that regard. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting just with that, that, you know, with how well he played at running back um, there, you know, there are other guys say like a Christian McCaffrey, who's about the same size that everyone's talking about how him being a running back, but it seems like, you know, on any, anywhere I talk, anywhere I see him on like NFL.com or, or CBS, everyone seems to be pretty much set that, that Curtis is going to be a wide receiver. Maybe talk a little bit about his, his receiving skills and his, and his route running a little bit. Well, one of the things I think that really helped him as far as a ball carrier was his ability to run. And when he got in the backfield or when he moved in motion, he certainly drew a great deal of attention from defenses that they had to be aware of what he could do. And, you know, Ohio State, like a lot of other places, had their fair share of fly sweeps and and things like that. So he's just a guy that, you know, and I think a lot of it also helped, too, because of the ability of J.T. Barrett both to run and throw the football. Uh, and Curtis was able to take advantage of just how defenses had to stay honest against Ohio State. Yeah, can you maybe give us a little bit of a background on, on like, a, kind of a lot of the main routes that he runs? I know that I know that a lot of a lot of what is shown on his highlight film uh, that you can find on YouTube is is a lot of like the deep routes that he can catch. Maybe give us a little bit about uh, you know his you know his hands and that sort of thing. Well, I think his hands have been great, and and I don't off the top of my head, Ryan, I don't really recall a whole lot of deep routes. That was something that was more preserved for some of the other people at Ohio State and they were had in their receiving group. But he's a guy whose hands certainly showed well. He, when he got his hands on the football, more often than not, he made good things happen. Uh, you know, I don't recall any issues with having trouble hanging on to the football. Just became very, very dependable. And, and again, the biggest thing you can say is when his opportunity uh, was presented to himself uh, in his final year at Ohio State after waiting behind so many other talented players, he really took advantage of it. Yeah, he's a, he's he's an absolutely electric player. Again, uh, you know, with with uh, being in Seattle. Um, you know, you can. I've been. I was able to watch a couple of Ohio State games just because of you know the national program that it is. But uh, you know, some sometimes it's 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 a little difficult to find. You know, to be able to break down a little more tape just because of um, you know so much on YouTube is highlight film instead of you know being able to break down the nitty gritty. Um, you know, I really I really like uh, I really like Curtis Samuel's game again. The speed I com- I, I compare him a little bit to uh, to a Christian McCaffrey type. 
um, in terms of what I was able to see here, uh, you know, over on the West Coast with it with the Pac-12. Um, you know, just that insane speed, the shiftiness, the ability to move and then just take off. Um, I think is really, you know, I can see him really excelling in the screen game. I can see him excelling as a kick or, or punt returner. Um, I don't know how much he actually did that uh, did that at Ohio State, though. Early in his career, he did some uh, kick and punt returning. But, uh, you know, quite honestly, a lot of times Ohio State didn't get opportunities for returns. So, uh, you know, as a screen receiver, certainly could see that. I, I'm not certain about who, who to compare him to. Uh, he's just a guy that, again, the best thing you can say is when his opportunity finally occurred, he really took advantage of it. Uh, you know, it was a big part of why Ohio State was able to have the success that they had last year and, and not really a surprise to anybody that he decided to uh, forego his final year and go pro. Okay. Um, yeah, like, you know, I, I understand that Ohio State not letting a whole lot of people score to get the chance to return. So with that, uh, that insane defense that, that Ohio State has built up. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to our next guy. Uh, uh, Noah Brown, 6'2", 222 pounds. Um, not a whole lot of experience because of missing uh, the 2015 season. Maybe give us a little bit of a, a, a background on, on Noah. Well, the injury you referred to was a broken leg that he suffered right before that season started. And he was a player they were really leaning heavily on. He, he had been very much a, a, a reserve, a role player in the national championship season. Uh, but they thought he was going to be a go-to guy uh, two years ago and, and were really devastated when he suffered that broken leg. Uh, Noah Brown was a guy who had a season uh, and, and really had a career in one game this past year, and that was the game against Oklahoma, yeah. where he caught four touchdown passes. He just abused Oklahoma's defensive backs. And it kind of stopped after that. He really, you know, whether it was a combination of some of the things that opposing defenses were doing or Ohio State's uh, lack of efficiency overall on offense at times, uh, we didn't see that kind of Noah Brown through the course of the rest of the season. But what we saw in that one game in Norman was phenomenal. He's a big physical receiver, uh, you know, seemingly showed very good hands and a guy that, that really a lot more was expected of him. Uh, especially given what happened in that week three game. But uh, he's a guy that certainly seems to have the build uh, to very potentially uh, show well at the professional level. Yeah, you know, like you said, he, he not necessarily disappeared, but he just didn't seem to have the, that type of game that he did in that Oklahoma game. You know, five catches, four of them for touchdowns. You know, I think that shows his, his ability to be a, a big red zone target. Um, he has that big body. He uses it, um, you know, he uses it in the zones that, from what I've been able to see on some of his tape. Um, he has the long arms, uses those to be able to catch the ball out in front of him. Um, you know, I think that the, the, his focus a bit, I think, is something to talk about. You know, in one, one of those four touchdowns against, uh, against Oklahoma with the one where he caught the ball against, you know, he's got his arms, you know, basically hugging the defender and catches the ball against the back of the defender. I think that shows a, not only, a, you know, his, his hands, but his, uh, you know, his ability to be able to focus to catch the ball. Without question. And, and that, again, that was a season and a career in one game for Noah Brown. And, and certainly because of that game, uh, you know, there was a lot of attention from professional football people on both sides of the field. And, and I'm not certain, if I remember right, that also might have been a situation where Oklahoma had, had developed some injuries in their secondary. And uh, Noah Brown and the one touchdown pass that you're referring to kind of found himself matched up 
against what might have been a backup cornerback at the time. But but he was a guy that, did, you know, from those that are at practice and saw what he did on a regular basis in practice, ranted and raved about his ability. And, and you know, and I think maybe the, the lack of duplication of what happened in the Oklahoma game might also have been an indication of just some of the, the, the chinks that Ohio State ran in through the course of the season offensively. Yeah, that very well could be. I know that, you know, uh, you know, with, with, with Barrett being the quarterback, he wasn't, you know, He's not necessarily one of those nationally renowned guys like like some of these uh, some of these receivers have have had. Um, you know, I I can see Noah Brown being that you know very much being a a, a weapon that could be used as like a possession receiver uh, in the NFL. Um, you know, again, he's got that big body. He he seemed to be able to find um, the open zones, especially in like a uh, in in short passing situations, to be able to get just ahead of that uh, first down marker. Um, you know, again, he's not a burner. He's, you know, you know, he ran a, what a, a four, five, seven forty, but has, you know, has enough speed to be able, looks like to be able to use his body to, to catch the ball and, and to put himself in a, in a pretty good situation. It'll be interesting to see, uh, how he can, how he can translate his game to the NFL with, you know, with, a, a maybe a higher caliber quarterback, a more consistent quarterback, uh, um, uh, thrown to him. Well, and I think when you, you talk about J.T. Barrett in, in relation to Noah Brown, I think you saw um, some of the things that occurred with uh, the offensive line at times maybe having some issues. Uh, it, it, there may have been some disconnect with some of the offensive play calling at times. Um, you know, so it was it, it was kind of a combination of things. But, but the, the encouraging thing I would say about Noah Brown is really you're looking at a guy that's had just one season as kind of a key receiver in Ohio State's offense. You know, his previous year, he played, uh, again, very much as a role player and a special teams player. So, you know, there's still a lot of untapped potential with this young man who, uh, uh, you know, really dazzled everybody in one game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm very much interested in, in seeing where, where both Curtis and Noah go. I know Curtis has been highly touted and ranked as, you know, one of the top, you know, again, that looks like everyone's going to try to convert him to a wide receiver. Um, you know, he's, he's ranked right now as I, I want to say like the top five in a top five on like CBS and then Noah Brown, while he's a little bit lower down, I think he could be an excellent, um, project wide receiver, maybe get in on special teams a little bit to start his career and then, and really see how he could, how he could burst out from there and see if he can really find a, a good spot for him in the NFL. So, um, again, this has been our discussion with, uh, with Paul Keels, the voice of Ohio State Buckeyes. And Paul, I want to thank you again so much for for t- giving us a little bit of your time to talk about Curtis and Noah, and uh, and to uh, and to give us a little bit of insight on 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 these players and how they've been in, in college and how they may do in the NFL. My pleasure, Ryan. Glad to do it. All right. Well, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, Ohio State won't have any problems uh, kicking out more players in the next few years. Maybe we can do this again next year. All right. Sounds good. Take care, Ryan. All right. Thank you so much, and have a nice day. You too. Bye bye. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.
wherever you go, however you go. For energy on the go, it's got to be 5-Hour Energy. It works fast, it works long, it tastes good, and with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket, fits your backpack, fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.